Okay, it's time for us to get started this evening. It's good to see each one out. Glad you're able to be here for Wednesday night for our studies. We're missing some out for flu or other reasons, health, some health reasons that need, need to be mindful of them and to keep them in your prayers. Danielle, who's the niece of Jeanette Adamson, is having some problems with her pregnancy, so need to continue to keep her in our prayers. Charlotte Moore injured her hand, so we need to keep Charlotte in our prayers. Mary Lou Parker, uh, some of the older members remember her. She's having some health problems. Be mindful of that. Paula Taylor and uh, Wanda Wagner are not feeling well today, and they're at home, and I think Lowell's working late. And then we have several recovering from recent surgeries or illnesses, John and Mary Crawford, Nat Holman, and Larry Williams. And those taking treatment for cancer include Angela Colette, Donna King, David Moore, and Kelly Vincent. And then always more on our prayer list and encourage you to refer to the bulletin and remember them in prayer. Funeral arrangements for Joe Mobley, who is a cousin to B. Elliott, or Visitation is Sunday from 3 to 5, and the funeral service is Monday at 10 a.m., both of them at Jane's funeral home. We extend our sympathy to be into the, fam- into the family. Mission printing tomorrow at 8 o'clock at Broad Street to work. Door-to-door evangelism is Saturday at 9 o'clock at the building for assignments, and uh, you need to see Charles Bateman if you have, need more information on that. But again, we're grateful for you being here this evening. Glad you're able to join us as we come together and uh, study from God's Word. Ted, would you lead us in a word of prayer as we begin? Amen. As mentioned some time back, we we're beginning a new study on how do you handle, and uh, we're going to be covering a number of uh, real uplifting topics for you that you're going to be thrilled with. Anger, none of you have that problem. Envy, pride, jealousy, prejudice, guilt, temptation, persecution, enemies, ingratitude, gossip, lying, forgiving, and uh, covetousness and materialism, as well as uh, the one we're going to do today on disappointment. What we're striving to do is that each week we will be having a different teacher. Uh, One of the men in in the congregation will be doing uh, one of those lessons, so need to encourage them along the way as well. Sunday morning, we'll be working out of 1 Thessalonians 5. Those are more positive traits that a Christian needs to have. But these are ones we need to be aware of and 
little bit about how we work through them and deal with them within our life. Regardless of how far we get through the sheet, we will be through the sheet. <laughs> and next week will be a different lesson. Uh, like next week I want to say, next week Doug Sturdivant will be teaching and he will be teaching on anger. Uh, we're going to Try to keep them down to within that time frame. And you should already know by now, I'm not getting through the sheet. <clears throat> because there are two sides to it. <laughs> For those who haven't looked at the back yet, <laughs> there's a backside on that as well. Uh, I have to see what we can do in relation to that, but. Do not know where the phrase came from, but do not let today's disappointment cast a shadow on tomorrow's dreams. A lot of truth to that, isn't there? If you dwell on your disappointments today, you're going to miss some things. We need to work with them. We need to move on, and we'll deal a little bit about disappointments. Uh, what causes disappointments? Failure? In what way? Okay. What causes the failure? Don't accomplish what you set out to do. Are we disappointed sometimes when there's not an expectation that's met? That could go with any of those that you've been listening, job or family or any up and down the line. We have expectations of what we expect to take place. And when they're not met, uh, they work with disappointment. Uh, we always expect, particularly in Christian life, what do we expect out of one another? Perfection, there you go. And what do you find? We're all human. We don't have that. Sometimes that can lead to disappointment. Uh, and we're going to look a little bit. You know, recognizing the Bible deals with that. And dresses people who have been. And when you understand some of those characteristics or individuals. And realize that they did not give up. There's an encouragement for us. Or when they failed that they would come back and do what was right. So that first line is expectations, or whatever else you want to put in there. Uh, what they had to do was disappointments. So the, the third line down is expectation plus reality often results in disappointment. We have high expectations. Reality, we're human beings. Sometimes that results in disappointments. We always want the best. We always expect the best. 
You always want to give the best, do you not? I heard him try to. <laughs> oh, we should try to. Okay, either one of those. Uh, but there's a reality that sets in. And reality sometimes is hard. Uh, we find that in the world in which we live, do we not? I don't know about, I, you know, I do not follow the news real carefully because of the various reasons why there are, I don't. You know. But this what's going on recently. Uh, this the reality of, of things setting in causes disappointment. There were expectations. And it seems that it doesn't make any difference where you are in our society. Uh, there are expectations and then they're not being met. And it causes disappointment. You know, that somebody would do the things that they've done. Uh, and that comes into the Christian life as well. And we need to work on having to help along the way. Does it take much to dis disappoint the average person? No, not really. <laughs> you disappointed me. You know, whatever it may be. Uh, how much does it take to disappoint? Sometimes just a word. Just a word sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't take much. And again, it goes back to expectation and reality. What are, what are our expectations? And what are the realities that are involved? It's a struggle. It's, you know, it's in the world, we know, but it, it enters in within the Lord's church as well. Because we are always expecting what out of each other because we are members of the, the body of Christ. Well, not just perfection. I mean, we can work towards that, but that's really not. Okay, we, we expect Christian behavior. Ted? Well, I saw you used to say, if life tosses you a lemon, make a lemonade. Make a lemonade out of it, yeah. Uh, but we don't like the taste of the lemon by itself. Yeah, we expect Christian behavior. And have we read enough of scriptures to find out that Christians have problems with their behavior. And we get to, we get to work with that. Uh, you know, if we could get it all down, we'd be all right. But this is why this was written, because we have problems keeping it all down as we need to. And it, it can result in, in problems along the way. Uh, Well, yeah, that was brought up that we do perfect, expect perfection. And again, sometimes we just need to be reminded. But sometimes it's not the perfection. Sometimes it's just a little thing. Uh, you know, some of us are not permitted. I'm going to pass that on down to John. You know, none of us have, have I'll say, you know, at least with me, I won't let's blame it on you. You know, I've never misquoted the scripture. <laughs> Give the wrong citation. I check them and everything else, and at times I'll go back and I'll read an article I've written, and I'll look at it, and I say, oh. 
how, how did that one get through? <laughs> uh, I'm just simply saying we have that high expectation of Christians without allowing a person sometimes to be a human as well and recognize that we're all humans and we're all, as Christians, have been washed in the blood of the Lamb and we all have that forgiveness. And again, as with the Scriptures deal with, as with us as well, I mean, do we want somebody keeping a tally sheet on us as individuals? Well, you misquoted 15 scriptures in, in the last 10 years, so. But we want to. It is. Just like that, no. Uh, some of them had a problem long down the line. Satan's still there. So Christ, new Christians sometimes find it hard to, to break some of the habits. They're, they're working at it. And where to do what? Be, encourage them to be patient with them. Uh, and none of us have ever told them at times, listen, you know better by, than that by now. <clears throat> You've been a Christian long enough. You know better than that. Uh, it's a challenge. And, and the disappointment can set in in a hurry. And we, need, and we don't need to be dwelling on it. Uh, from where, what sources do disappointments come? You just got the sheet, so you haven't had time to go flipping through your Bible, looking up all those little verses I got down there. Uh, so some of you are going to have to look at one, one look at another. And uh, the first one has to do with a son and, and his mother. Foolish son is the grief of his mother. Why is he the grief of his mother? Why? Okay. <laughs> she disappointed because she taught him better. <laughs> and he didn't follow on through. He was foolish. And uh, that can bring disappointment. We talk about new Christians along that line as well. We try to encourage, but they also see that sometimes in older Christians, do they not? They have an expectation that you're not going to do those things. Uh, sometimes I, we get the impression that the longer you've been in Christ, the more the less you become human. You don't have emotions. You don't have feelings. Uh, somebody can say some things and say, well, you, that shouldn't bother you, shouldn't hurt you at all. Uh, we think that as, an old, as we older in Christ, that human, human qualities are gone out the window. Are they? They're still around. We try to manage them. We try to work with them. But it, it's trying to remind us that, no, we have that along the way. What about Psalm 41.9? Okay, even a friend, somebody you put trust in. That ever happened? I heard, uh huh. <laughs> uh, even a friend is one that one puts the trust in. Human qualities again, human beings. It's hard to get away from God's people being human beings. Uh, you may not have found that out, but you're going to find that out. It, it's difficult. 
We struggle with some things. It's why we've been given God's Word. It's why we've been given the promises. You know, what would you do without 1 John 1, 7 through 9? That if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. How much do we need that? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need that reminder. Uh, again, it goes back to Peter asking Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my brother? You know, up to seven times? Now, I'll be generous, up to seven times? And the Lord says, no, no. Seventy times seven. So when I tell Pat, it's been 491 times. So I don't have to forgive her this time. Well, it is a good study. Any more good studies out of here? Well, sure. The prophets. You know, all the way back, I mean, you take any of God's characters, his human beings, and they, they'll give you a good study uh, on what it means to be a human being. But we get into that, that situation. Uh, goes back to the foolish son. No, I mean, uh, no, I've got one of those. Maybe not as foolish as he was, but he's still foolish. Uh, you know, because periodically I'll, I will ask the question then have to quit because I already know the answer. How many times do I need to tell you? And I already know the answer. We have not reached it yet. Because I'm still telling you. <laughs> so, human beings hard to be patient with them. Why are the parents concerned about how their children respond and act? Reflection of them, what else? Affects their future. It, had an, it will have an effect on their future. Some things you learn or need to learn it's going to have an impact later on. They may not see it. But a lot of things, a lot of us, you know, can, would attest to the fact that things we learn as a child along the way, things you've got to do. Uh, never thrilled to take out the garbage when it's freezing out there and, and whatever else. But I mean, there's things you learn to do that was just part of life. Do we trust as we work through it? What about Matthew 23, 1 through 4? Okay. Who's he talking about? Leaders. The leaders, religious leaders, scribes. What, do, what was the purpose of the scribes? Teach God's word. Well, it's teaching God's word. The, the, the Pharisees, the scribe, what does write. write in it? Okay. They, they, they wrote it, they copied it. And that's sometimes we get, need to get in our mind. Every copy of scripture that we have 
before Gutenberg invented the, invented the printing press. Every copy of Scripture was handwritten. And that was their job. And we talked about it before. I mean, if it was in Hebrew, the Hebrews didn't have no vowels in their words, and there were no separation in their words. There are 42 characters across, and it's just one Hebrew, one Hebrew letter right after another, because they go from read the, the opposite way, they go from right to left. But it's just one letter right after another, and this drops down and goes one letter. That's all it is. The whole page is this block form, and it's just one letter after another. <clears throat> you try that sometimes. <laughs> just try a paragraph. <laughs> see see how, how you do. Uh, but I'm saying that was her job. What was involved in that? Was it just more than them copying letter by letter? Well, yeah. At the end, they knew all the characters, but they needed to know the, the words as well that went in there. Uh, so they had a responsibility there. The Pharisees, uh, how are they described? Well, yeah, hypocrites. <laughs> Do a good job that in, <laughs> in the 23rd chapter. See, I ask questions, you never know the answer you're going to get. But that's okay, but the answers are fine. Not a problem. <coughs> because that's true. Why were they hypocrites? They didn't do what they were teaching. Okay, they were not doing what they were teaching. Their job was to teach. They didn't walk to walk. They did the talk, but they didn't do the walk. They were teaching. That was their job. But they were also, what's the responsibility of a teacher in teaching a student? What the, except the example. So you want the student to follow the example that the teacher is setting. And they weren't doing that. So that's why he is addressing that. And that causes a problem. That's why he says, you know, do what they say, but don't do what they do. Uh, that, that's a stumbling block. They were having difficulties with it, caused disappointments. Here's the religious leaders of the day, and they were not expecting Jesus or did not want him, did not anything along the line, so they, there was a struggle there. Matthew 26, 75, and then Luke 22, 61. I put the Luke one in there because just that, just that thought. Jesus turned and looked at Peter after he had denied him. Think that had any impact on him? <laughs> you know? The disappointment won, but just the fact that Peter could see that he had disappointed the Savior. Uh, action. Uh, all that goes along with it. So how Peter got to where he was, so, you know, did he deny his Lord when he was in the midst of his fellow disciples? No, when did he deny his Lord? When he was in the midst of the soldiers and, you know, associated with them. A lot in there, I, no, I'm saying I, I get to <laughs> need to, to, to keep moving on a little bit. But sometimes disappointment comes from a variety of different ways. 
Are any exempt from disappointments? No. And again, from here, using some scriptures, I took some to kind of get us to look at. And Patrick said, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> Pass that on down, please. How do you view Moses? How do you view Moses? How do you see Moses? The lawgiver. What else? Leader. Leader. What else? How would, you, how would you define his character? Righteous? Righteous? Yes. Okay, the most humble man. Good one. I'm, I put in there Acts 7, 22 through 30. We just, I just, you can look at it, and I just wanted you to look at a part of it. It's recounting Moses. Stephen is recounting the life of the Israel history, and there in Acts chapter 7. And it's interesting because when it gets down to Moses, and Moses sees the Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, and he takes his action on the, on the Egyptian. The thought that Stephen brings out was, Moses did what? When he, killed the Egyptian. he killed the Egyptian, but what was he thinking as the result of that? That, his fellow, uh, that the people would appreciate that they would accept him, that they would believe that he was the leader. And he found out otherwise <laughs> at that time. You think he might have been disappointed? <laughs> you wanted to, you believe because of your background and all that went along with it, all the God's providence of taking care of him up to this point, that he believed that he was going to be the leader, that he would be God's chosen leader to lead the people out. And when that didn't happen, What happened? He ran away. He ran away, and how long was he gone? Forty years. Forty years. Doing what? Building an army? Tending sheep. Tending sheep. And sheep are the most smartest animals on the earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not. But he spent 40 years tending sheep before the Lord would call him again. And then he would spend the 40 years after that doing what? Herding sheep. Right, yeah, herding more sheep. <laughs> herding some more sheep. Yeah, probably not as bright as the first sheep. Not as bright as the first sheep that he was herding. Uh, that's a key, one of the key points in there that is, that's been brought out as well, I think. What did he want to do at the age 40? Lead the people. What did he find out doing the 80 years later? Well, yeah, don't want to lead these people. These, these people are something else. Be careful what you wish for. You know, it's, uh, it's the ups and downs. I'm just trying to see. We pick Moses and we can see good qualities. Meekest man on the earth outside Jesus. 
But we need to remind her that he had some ups and downs, disappointments. Uh, had an understanding of who he was. You know, you can go in all that, how he got that. But he had an understanding that he was a Hebrew. And he was going to stand up for what was right. But then had to deal with some consequences. So he's mentioned as one. Then the other one is in Exodus 32, verse 21. Yeah, another disappointment. This time with whom? Aaron. And who's Aaron? His brother, his older brother. He said, what did the people do to you? Uh, you read that account, and it, it, you know, it's, it is humorous, but it's not humorous. I mean, I think about that. You talk about disappointment. Aaron, going to be the high priest, going to tell Moses, how did that golden calf get there? Yeah, just we took, I just gathered up all this gold. I threw it in the fire, and out came this calf. And who is Aaron? I mean, you keep going back to some things and thinking, Aaron thought that? Did he? How could he even state that? Could that be a disappointment? Was to Moses, what happened? Why did you do that? I'm just saying God's people up and down the line has up, have ups and downs. And we have that tendency if we're not careful to pick a, a segment of life and center in on that. What if you just read that there in uh, Exodus 32? That's all you read about Aaron. What would you think of Aaron? Wouldn't think too much of him. Human life. Well, you would. I mean, I'm just saying you wouldn't think much of him. I'm saying, and I'm trying to get us to see as well, be careful about taking one segment of a person's life and judging their, their life by that segment. Don't do that. Yeah, David, I mean, that's, what I'm saying. that's what we got them all in here for, is to remind us, we don't do that. You've got to take the whole of one's life. And it's hard. It's hard when they're in the down to give them the time to come back up. Uh, and, but what do we want? If you're in the down, what do you want? You want to come up. So how do I help you up? That's the old illustration. I stand on your chest and say, reach out my hand and say, let me help you up. You know, it doesn't work that way. Uh, you've got to give the person an opportunity. That's always easy to do, isn't it? Because, we're all, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm just... Well, oh, we, yeah, forgot that one, huh? Yeah, we've got to let God work in realizing that he is. This is what this is all about. It's helping us understand we're letting God work. 2 Timothy 4.10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. Crispus for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Demas had forsaken me. Why? How was Demas described? 
Well, he had loved the present world, but where was he before he loved this present world? Who is he a fellow worker with? Paul. He's a fellow worker with Paul. He's doing God's word, doing God's will. The danger there, if you will. And don't know anything more about demons, what happened to him after this, if we made a change or not. We just, this is our record of him. But the fact is, again, the disappointment. Demas has forsaken me. He's left me. Because he loved the present world. You still live in a flesh, fleshly body. You still have fleshly desires. And Satan does know what he is doing. And he is good at what he does. Again, just look at the news around this recently. <laughs> Satan knows what he's doing and does a good job. And it doesn't seem to matter. You know, anywhere up and down the line. Uh, like I said, I, I listen for a while and then I have to turn. And, you know, I don't know the characteristics or the individuals up in, or who they may have been or what they represent or who, outside being a senator or whatever else. But to hear an individual say, who's in Congress, if you had asked me two months ago, was I ever guilty of doing anything like this? I would have told you no. <coughs> Two months later, he's charged with it. And they ask him, well, how many more could there be? He said, I don't know. I, didn't, I had forgotten about these, so I don't know if there's any more out there or not. Consequences. Uh, the, dis- the disappointment, that's what we're seeing, is it not? And a lot of people up and down the line, a lot of disappointment. And what they're doing happens in God's people as well. Matthew twenty six forty. Yeah, could you could you watch with me just one hour? I mean, just one hour. Could you not watch with me? Just you know, what had he done for that hour, if you will? He had prayed. How had he prayed? Fervently, fervently, uh, prostrate on the ground, sweat like drops of blood. I mean, that, this is the scriptures. And then he comes back and finds his disciples sleeping. He said, stay here and watch. He said, I can't watch an hour. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what it's in here for. <laughs> yeah, to think he was disappointed? Yes, he was. But again, that's not the end of it. But I'm saying disappointments come. That's not the end of the story. We have to rise above those and move on. Otherwise, we will have problems. What are some of the problems that disappointments may cause in Job 2 9? Loss of faith. Wow, what a statement. What did Job's wife say? Curse God and die. The indication is this is a godly couple. for one to, to lose faith. And why did she lose faith? Because everything was hunky-dory going well for Job? Everything yeah, everything went to pot. Everything just crashed. Uh, <coughs> but the disappointment can set in there. And that can cause one to lose faith. 
Again, these are in there to encourage us. Don't, you know, be aware that disappointments come. That's part of life. Whatever, up and down the line. Uh, I expect in, what is it, about a month's time, uh, some children may be delighted, some children may be a little disappointed because they didn't get exactly what they had asked for or thought was going to come. Disappointment happens in life. But life does not stop with the disappointments. Life goes on. And we need to understand that with each other as we work through difficulties and problems that we may encounter along the way. What about Acts 15, 13? Oh, well. Put my glasses on. 15. When the fuzzy, they look... Okay. John Mark left Barnabas and Paul. So what? I mean, what happened after that? Okay, just mildly disappointed. Okay, a sharp contention arose over the two. Paul was disappointed. Took John Mark on the first missionary journey. John Mark went part way, then he quit and went back. Next time around, Paul Barnabas wants to take John Mark because he liked John Mark. Yeah, he's <laughs> It's a relative. <laughs> uh, but Paul said no. Sharp contention arose and they did what? They split went separate ways. Is that the end of the story? What? They got back together. What about Paul? Th- yeah. He said he's useful to me. He's beneficial to me. What happened? What happened with John Mark? He grew. He proved himself. He grew. Down periods, up periods, you know, and the same, again, sharp contention. I mean, that sounds like a strong emotional situation. Are they easy to, to work through? When your emotions are sharp and, you know, and on edge. No. Well, what do you got to do? Sometimes you need to separate, give a little time and come back. But to realize, you know, excuse me, again, what was the relationship between Barnabas and John Mark? Well, not John Mark, but Barnabas and, and Paul? The co-workers. In what? In Christ's work. In Christ's work, in the, in the kingdom. The brothers in Christ. And you need to, to learn to, to you know, uh, we don't get as much in the spiritual family as we do in the physical family, but in the physical family, you know, we're family. We're stuck together. <laughs> we don't have a choice in the matter. We're here. Uh, you know, it's fun driving, uh, traveling with uh, mom and dad and eight kids and grandpa in one car. <clears throat> Long before the days of seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, wherever you could get them, you know, sometimes that one, you know, sometimes sitting on laps and a few other things. Yeah, but we're family. You stay together, you work together, and then it, it grows from, from then on. It, it's just saying it, it's, uh, we're family. They worked through the problems and dealt with them, 
and got along the way. What are some of the ways that people handle disappointment? What about 2 Kings Anger, yeah. Oh, anger, why? Yeah. They could tell him to do something he didn't think he ought to do. At least he had a smart servant, didn't he? High expectations. High expectations. Reality <laughs> leads to disappointment. Uh, it led to disappointment. But he had the high expectations. Yeah, you know, I want to do something great. You know, I'm, you know. I'm well respected and so forth and say, you know, he didn't want to go down to muddy Jordan. Uh, you know, but I'm just simply saying, how do we react? Sometimes we react in a very strong emotional way. Job 2.10. Job 2.10. Job 2.10. What was Job's response to his wife's statement? What are you going to do with God? Are you going to only accept God when he does good? What's good based on? Well, yeah, that's what we like. Everything going your way. That's what good is. Everything going your way. Uh, what makes something good or bad? God's word. God does. Are we going to accept what, excuse me, what we perceive as good? And not accept what we perceive as bad? Because we're going to have a lot of cases what, what uh, is perceived as being bad turned out to be good. But it's, it's that attitude in there of dealing with it. That's how you can deal with a lot of it. <coughs> God is going to do his will. Do you know exactly how he's going to do it? He wants you to grow as a child of God. Do you know how he's going to make, help you to grow as a child of God? What? Yeah, trials. There you go. You've heard that enough. Trials and tribulations. They're going to help you grow. You know, you want to have more patience? Guess what? You'll get the trials. I mean, you'll get the opportunities for patience. You want forgiveness? You'll have opportunities for forgiveness. Whatever it is, God will provide those for you. You may not like the how, but the end result is he wants you to be more like him. The good or the bad is God choosing, or his, what he chooses. We make it based on, I mean, if something doesn't go our way, we see that as bad. I don't know about you, I don't, there's some things I look back in my life and I, and I thank, excuse me, and I thank God many times. Thank you for not answering that prayer in the way that I asked it. I'm grateful that you did not do it that way. And I've also learned along the way that what I saw as bad has worked out for good. A situation where we were up in uh, one of the northern states of one of those inns that I was lived in. <clears throat> Pat's parents, Pat's dad got cancer. Um, cancerous tumor on the, the stem of his brain. 
And we needed to be of help for the family. Now, we would have done that somehow from Michigan to St. Louis. But somewhere in the meantime, a decision was made that my services were no longer needed in Michigan. It wasn't my choice, but it, it was a decision that was made. My services were no longer needed in Michigan. And we found a congregation about 45 minutes from her mom and dad. That allowed us to help them and to be there to help her, her mother when he passed away. Perceived as bad, but it works for us. Good. God works it out. Do I trust him? I'm just bringing that up. I mean, do you trust him enough to say, he has a reason and a purpose? And it may not be always up to us to, you know, if I get it figured out, we like to do that, don't you? You know, you never said or heard somebody say, why is that happening to me? You know, uh, I went to church years ago with this lady, and her health was really bad. And she's the only person I've ever heard that said, why not me? Why not me? Yeah, why not me? Why would we say, no, why not someone else, but why not me? So Job says, accepting the good and the bad. And in all of that, he did not sin with his lips. Uh, keep that faith in God. Exodus uh, 32, verses 30 and 32. Now it came to the next day that Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin, so now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a god of gold. Yet if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. You think the people ever knew what Moses prayed or what he did up on that mountain? Lord, forgive them. But if you can't forgive them, take me. Yeah, let them, let them be. Uh, I've said that about, you know, like Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you think Sodom and Gomorrah would have ever known if they were the ten righteous souls, that they were spared because of ten righteous souls? Uh, we don't know all that's involved in what's going on. <clears throat> I hear your prayers here, but I'm not sure. I don't, I, have, I pray that I have an idea what you're praying for good and what God would have to do. But I don't know what those other prayers are. What's, what, what has been petitioned? Lord, I want your will to be done. These people have transgressed against you. I want you to spare them, if that be the case. Um, Luke 15, 32, 28 through 32. Prodigal son. What happened when the prodigal son came home? The father rejoiced. Why did the father rejoice? Son was lost is now found, and the son who was dead is now alive. <clears throat> what about the older brother? Not so much. He refused to have anything to do with him. Uh, different way people respond. He's described, or could be described, as God's people, the nation of Israel. We love. You know, we're, we're doing what's right. We're, that, isn't that what he said? I've kept all your commandments. I've done everything you've asked me to do, and you have not yet blessed me this way. 
or this wasteful son, wasted on harlots and riotous living. He comes home and you just throw a banquet. Yeah, you throw him a party. Uh, It, well, it is, but that's, you know, that's what we get to work with in human beings and in emotions and, and life. Some things are hard to accept to work with, but it goes back to Job as well. God, good, bad, he's still there. I'm still going to serve him. I may not understand that. You know, the product of, for the older son to say, I don't understand what's going on, Dad, but I trust you. Uh, do we have that attitude? Maybe later on I will. Uh, but it's, it's sometimes hard to work with. Uh, <clears throat> What's your studies of problems? Why do you think God made problems a part of our lives? Help us to grow. Help us to grow. Give us strength. Help us to grow. Pardon? Keep us humble. <laughs> teaching moments. Teaching moments. Got a lot of those. Teaching moments. Be part of that chastening. Be part of that chastening. Uh, it's, again, if there's not a struggle, there's no growth. It, it, you have to have some struggle in there. Physically, spiritually, you get to struggle. Not that I've ever, ever been inclined to. John may have done it at times. Uh, long distance running. <clears throat> Not one of the favorite things I want to do. Long distance is 10 yards. <laughs> okay. From the opposite side, looking at how God feels and how he sees things. That's a good point and that goes along with it. It is to help us along that line. Otherwise, we miss so much. We miss those teaching moments. Uh, to realize, listen, we all make mistakes. And if I'm going to be harsh on you, do I want God being harsh on me? You know, if I want him to forgive me 70 times 70, you know, do I just want to say, no, you got your three chance seven, I'll give you seven, and that's it. Wow. Would I want God working that way? And the fact that with Peter, that, you know, seeing his, looking beyond where Peter's at here, and seeing what good Peter would be able to do further down the road. And and we could be able to do that as well. Uh, Again, it goes back to Job uh, 2.10. Accepting the good, but accepting the adversity as well. Why not me? Uh, Sometimes it's hard. Uh, You know, it's one of those things that a lot of times are teaching moments that come. We do not see until maybe never, really, uh, of, of what you did, what you said, how you acted, the characteristics that you displayed, the impact that they had on the person that you never realized was even watching. And that makes it, and that puts a different light on things, too. I mean, you're being watched anyway. We said influences, but there have been cases where person will say well, about 10, 20 years down the road, who made an impact on your life? And they'll say, this person did, and here's why. 
and you never, never knew it. Uh, because you just simply did what, was, what you thought you needed to do, what was right. Uh, all right, I finished up with Genesis 50, 20. But what else did he say? You hear that? Well, somebody did, they meant it for evil, for, but God meant it for good. Why? Because he sees a little farther down the line. He sees where it's going to lead to. And that's the characteristic of one of the things we learned that what we perceive as evil, somebody doing something, I'm out to get you. Uh, God means it for good because of how it works out. Because he has something else in mind. And I don't know by now if you figured out that you have, have not really figured out God. It, it's, you know, how he works, how he operates, what he does. The Bible gives you glimpses, really. And this is what they're there for, to help us. To be, we're to be like Jesus. See what he went through. And then for us to understand, but for us to see what others are going through as well. Again, we have that patience, uh, that long suffering that goes along the way. Uh, not always easy. You get to play with the other ones in on the back. Uh, but look at them. Look at the scriptures. Try to get a, a glimpse again that disappointments are a part of life. But they're not the sum total of life. And to know where you need to go for the answers. That's why we've been given scriptures. So that we can go there for the answers. To say, whatever it is you're going through, you're not alone. One is God definitely knows what you're going through. Jesus knows what you're going through. The Holy Spirit does. The Word of God teaches you. And you've got help. Again, you know, evidently I end up with a number of favorite scriptures in Ephesians 3.20. It's got to be one of mine that I'm using now at least. Our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Wow. He's working. <clears throat> let go. He's working. Let go and let God do his work. Let's close out with a word of prayer. Our beloved Father, thank you for that privilege that we have to call you Father. Help us to be mindful of what it means and what was involved in your making us able to become your children through that blood of Jesus. Father, we're grateful for the mercy you've shown upon us. May we extend it to one another. Help us to grow in the light of your word, to be more like your son. And help us to encourage one another each day that we live, Father. We thank you for the time that we've had to be together this evening. Grateful for your care and your watch upon us. Father, forgive us when we lose sight of who you are and 
transgress your will. Help us through your word to see that transgression and to repent of it and turn from it and to trust you for forgiveness, restoration, and to renew that life and that hope that we have for one day of being eternally with you. We're grateful for Jesus and his blood that he shed for our sins. Thank you for that forgiveness and thank you for the hope of eternal life. We're grateful for all that you've done for us. Continue to be with each one of us. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.